It's Cardboard Time, episode number 64, and I'm your host, Arwin Kathke, just recovering from what was a wonderful origins, and I'm going to break it all down for you today. Uh, unfortunately, Jamie could not join me. Uh, she just got done with her Monday stream. And boy, believe me, we are all so incredibly tired. Normally, we'd record in the car on the way home, uh, but there is just so much going on, (laughs) and uh, I needed a little bit of time to process. There were some things that went on um, that we'll we'll get into that um, just needed some time to sit, reflect, and kind of think about. So uh, here to bring you all of that coverage, bring you the rundown. Uh, kind of give my report out about how the con was and the goings on. Uh, I'm I just miss everybody already. I mean, it's a big thing uh, that like post con come down, especially the day after. It just it hits. It's bad. Um, but we're here, and I'm here with you. So let's talk about that shelf of shame because uh it went up by 10 uh as you do at a convention and you're talking with people uh and you see things that you like and um you know talk with publishers have meetings um you know things make their way into your bag in your hotel room and then your car and then your shelves and then you wonder where the heck to put things so uh, 19 games came home with me. Uh, quite a few of those were review copies, though. And let's go down the list. Uh, Diced Veggies was from KTBG. A uh, little pre-release. Uh, I will be doing some coverage of it before Gen Con. I have already played it. I'm not going to spoil my thoughts, um, but I have played it. And uh, got that played uh, Saturday night, I believe. And uh, we'll get into that. But uh, the second one was Wing It. Uh, This one was by Molly Zeff, uh, Flying Leap Studios. Uh, Miller Zoo, Tribes of the Wind from Hachette. Uh, Very excited to check both of those out. Uh, They've been producing some really good things lately. And uh, really excited, especially about Tribes of the Wind. That Vincent Dutrade art is just so, so beautiful. Uh, Murder We Wrote is a fun little party game bar of friends um, over at Cast Studios. Uh, Mango Cabana by uh, Catastrophe Games. This is one that I will be talking about uh, and probably doing a little bit of a few full review later, but uh, I do want to talk a little bit about that uh, during our coverage because they did get to play that. And then Star Realms Frontiers uh, and Kapow. This was by Wise Wizard. Uh, this this one was interesting. Um, Star Realms is actually a game that I used to own and I got rid of. And I just really, I didn't see the, the huge appeal of it. Um, but I took a, a peek at Frontiers and it really kind of changed things up quite a bit that I was willing to go and, and take another look. And uh, sometimes those things happen where you just wind up going and, you know, you just take a fresh look at something and maybe it hits you a little bit differently, especially with an expansion or a different form of it. Uh, Kapow is a dice builder game, which those of you who know me uh, and know my preferences for games, I do have a 
very big soft spot for dice builders. And then finally, Bag of Spiders, which has the cutest, cutest theme song. I will be talking about it a little bit later, but that uh, also made its way home with me. Uh, a few purchases. Uh, the first one was Not So Neighborly. Uh, this one, Kortzak Mar came by. Uh, with the sisters from Fan Bam Games, and the, those two are such sweethearts. If you if you haven't uh, heard of Fan Bam Games or uh, Not So Neighborly, uh, go check out their website. Uh, they are wonderful people uh, that we met back at Gen Con last year, and um, you know been kind of talking on and off uh, ever since. You know, seeing each other at conventions, that kind of thing. So. Uh, I finally picked that up. It looked cute, and Court basically described it as, um, you know, a really cute game with arson. So, how do you say no to that? Um, and then Raha from, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce it, uh, Raha, Raha uh, from Hachette uh, also made its way uh, into my trunk and Octopus Garden. Uh, this one was by Roberta Taylor. This came out uh, before the just hit success of Creature Comforts, and I really wanted to go back and play this one. I've heard really good things about it. I've heard it's a little bit underrated, and uh, really excited to to look at it. I mean, I haven't played a single game from her that's been bad, so uh, really looking forward to seeing this one. Uh, Fiction and Nine Lives uh, from All Play uh, also did pick those up. And Beer and Bread, I will be talking a little bit about it. I don't want to spoil my full thoughts, but uh, do want to talk about it a little bit later in the show. And then finally, Gap. Uh, this was a game that Jillian brought um, to kind of our gatherings in that uh, she had purchased it and um, I went back to the Arcane Wonders booth and purchased it. So that'll tell you pretty much what I thought of it. Um, and then I actually won a copy of Dubious also by Arcane Wonders. Uh, this one does have a little bit of a story to it and I will touch on that a little bit later in the podcast. And two games I picked up in the flea market. The first is Shamans. And if you remember back, I want to say it was the Origins episode last year. Um, it could have been the PAX episode, but I think it was the, uh, I think it was the Origins episode. Uh, we had an incredible night, uh, and Shamans was part of that and really underrated game. I did pick that up for $10 at the flea market. And then Trap Words I picked up for five. Um, this was a CGE game that I had heard a lot about, uh, just never had really picked it up, uh, you know, had other priorities to pick up. And, um, you know, finally for five bucks, why not uh, take a chance on it? And again, you know, one of the, the big things that I always stress is check out the flea markets at the conventions that you're going to because you will often, if they're having one, see some really good deals. And usually, in general, people will, in this hobby, take care of their stuff. So, um, you know, those were, those were kind of my acquisitions. 
Uh, getting into the games played, three that were new to me, uh, quite a few that were older games that I had played or taught or whatever. Um, you know, and these are full games, not demos. I did sit down and demo a few things, uh, but I also didn't want to include that. Um, so Dice Veggies, again, like I talked about, uh, Mango Cabana and Inside Job. Um, you know, definitely Dice Veggies and Inside Job will be getting those full reviews. And I think I'm going to do the same for Mango Cabana as well. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Mango Cabana, um, you know, when we get to that. Um, and then nine sold at the math trade that left my collection. Uh, the rundown of those is Twilight Imperium 3. I have the fourth one and really I never played the third one. Uh, don't see the need to have it. I've asked multiple people, do I need to have this? Do I need to play this? And the answer is, you know, almost always unanimously been, don't worry about it. Just get rid of it. Uh, give it a new home and give it to somebody who will appreciate it. Uh, Crossmaster Arena and Crossmaster Quest. Uh, Arena, I did play on BGA. I wasn't really a huge fan of it. I'm not huge into arena combat um, for the most part. Uh, there's a, a couple of exceptions, but this one just really didn't hit that much for me. And then Crossmaster Quest uh, just wasn't hitting the table. I didn't see a, a real big opportunity for that to hit the table anytime soon. So I figured it should get into some better hands than mine. Uh, the DC Funkoverse game, I've been trying to get the, rid of the last of my Funkoverse, and uh, that was that. Uh, the Capitals uh, was one that I just didn't see myself playing. It didn't really have a huge amount of intrigue for me, um, and just kind of felt that it was sitting on the shelf. Another one of those cases. Uh, the Spill, this was one that I had reviewed a little while ago. I thought it was good, and... You know, there's there's definitely good games I've gotten rid of out of my collection. Uh, the Spill was definitely one of them uh, with the super satisfying Dice Tower. Um, I did pay full price for this. I did pick up the playmat, you know, the, the whole pre-order thing. And it just, you know, I, I felt that there were too many similarities to Pandemic uh, for me anyways. And when it comes to, um, you know, what I would prefer to play, I would prefer to play a game of Pandemic. So uh, that one left. Uh, Tang Garden, I thought was okay. Um, it was a very, very gorgeous game, uh, but it was a huge box. And I didn't see myself really getting it out all that much uh, repeatedly. So I felt that it should be rehomed. Uh, Warhammer Quests again, uh, the, the card game uh, version that is, um, and Sanctum, both games that I thought were very good, um, but weren't really going to hit the table anytime soon. And, you know, again, there's a common theme. You want to get those games into new homes where they're going to be appreciated. So then finally, I got home, and actually before I got home, uh, I got a text message from my girlfriend, Allie, who uh, said there are a lot of bones at this house, uh, and my Too Many Bones uh, crowdfunding campaign for Unbreakable uh, fulfilled, 
and this huge heavy box shipped and uh, that has Unbreakable in it, Undertow, uh, more characters, premium health, capsules, uh, you know, uh, 40 waves, 40 caves, um, Rage of Tyranny, like just a whole bunch of content for that game. Uh, to fill up my giant treasure trove of Too Many Bones content. Uh, so I'm a very happy girl right now. Um, I spent uh, most of tonight uh, just unpacking and, and getting those uh, you know boxes emptied out into the treasure trove and um, looking forward to playing with all that content. I know that I have a lot of Too Many Bones ahead of me. Um, I do have some plans I'm not necessarily going to talk about right now, but I will say that that will come in handy for that. So just a little teaser of what's in store for the channel pretty soon. So, um, so that's a wrap up. That's the shelf of shame wrap up, uh, like almost 15 minutes in, uh, you know, and we haven't even gotten into the breakdown of what happened at Origins. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Wednesday. And Wednesday, uh, I drove down to Origins. I left uh, fairly early because I had a hair appointment, as I always do. And um, I also gave uh, Molly Zeff uh, with Flying Leap Games uh, a ride on the way. We had a fantastic chat on the way. Uh, down about the the work that she's doing with the Horizons Fellowship, and uh, if you don't know what that is, and uh, you're a underrepresented minority, uh, definitely check that out uh, for you know kind of opening up some opportunities in gaming. Um, it's definitely something that uh, you know they're doing great work there. So uh, once we got to Origins, everybody was situated and dropped off. Uh, I got over to my hair appointment. Um, doing my hair is something that I always do uh, just kind of as a self-care thing. So I get the the weekend started off on the right foot and I get my hair done. I, you know, look nice. Um, this time I did my nails. Uh, I went over after uh, the event that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes and uh, got my nails done, and uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of started things off the right way. It was it was a fun uh, time, and um, after that, I checked into the hotel. We were on site at the Hilton this year. Uh, the Hilton was pretty good, um, you know. I I will say the one thing that might be a little bit of a complaint about the Hilton is you know kind of their attitudes towards gamers. Um, you know, especially in some of the areas, uh, you know, later at night, uh, they don't like people necessarily playing later at night. Um, and that was kind of the feeling that I got at the old hotel, uh, and that did transfer over to the new hotel somewhat. Uh, I don't think it was as bad as it originally was, um, but, uh, yeah, just, just a little bit of an uneasy feeling about that. But that said, that new building being attached directly to the convention center and kind of being in the middle of everything is a super convenient location. You could not ask for a better hotel to stay at, um, you know, with the new tower 
than that one because it, it's just so incredibly convenient and so central to everything. You go right and you have the Hyatt area with uh, the food court that's down there, the big bar, uh, you know, those meeting rooms if you're into the TTRPG space. Um, and then off to the left is all of the rest of the content, you know, your, your giant uh, vendors hall, that kind of thing. So uh, location-wise, it was great. Uh, from a recovery standpoint, it was also great. I am still, you know, kind of recovering from surgery uh, three months later. This is a long recovery process, although I'm through most of it. Um, you know, I'm definitely at the point that I'm up, I'm moving around, I'm able to carry things over 10 pounds. Uh, I'm able to do those, you know, 10,000 step a day, you know, kind of days, uh, which I had multiple of, uh, this year and yeah, just really convenient to kind of, you know, relax, set things down, uh, that kind of thing. So really good. Uh, really happy that uh, that I stayed there uh, just from a convenience standpoint and everything. I may look to go back to the Hampton next year uh, because I should be in, in much better shape by then. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the hotel breakdown. And after I got checked in, I met up with Chris from Catastrophe Games and board again for the meat and cheese party uh, with meat spelled M-E-E-T. Uh, we had this with uh, some designers, publishers, media, just a, a very informal event uh, that we kind of set up together. Uh, we split a, a cheese tray, which had some amazing cheese that Chris had picked up from the Dayton area, I believe. Um, you know, and, and Chris, if you're listening to this and you want to comment, uh, what the, the cheese was, uh, you know, on the, on the Twitter post for this, uh, please do, because, uh, the, the place that did this, uh, did a phenomenal spread, like all, all the cheeses that they had were outstanding. Normally I'm not a fan of dill cheese and the dill Havarti that they had was just like this little hint of dill, uh, that just worked. It was so, so good. Uh, the, the white cheddar mountains, uh, they called them, uh, were, were really, really tasty. Uh, really enjoyed those. Uh, there was like a sriracha, uh, cheddar as well. Uh, you know, just so much good stuff on that, on that platter and uh, really well done, really, um, really good, good cheese platter, like one of the better ones I've had. So uh, thanks to Chris for picking that up. Um, while we were there, I played a game uh, by Sashi and Sashi called Before the Guests Arrive. Um, this was one where you're just kind of tidying up everything in your house before the guests arrive. Uh, the guests um, basically arrive uh, when you pull a card that's at the bottom, like five cards of the stack, uh, and you're you're basically trying to uh, score points by putting things away, um, and then you take cards by uh, either the row or the column. You take everything that's there, and then you can tidy up, which is using uh, one of your cards that allows you to tidy stuff and then you put uh where your your items are and basically uh the items have different points on them 
and you flip them over for their point value. Uh, the stuff that you have left over uh, in your hand is worth negative points because you're kind of caught with it, like in your hand uh, type deal. Uh, so that's that's something that you definitely don't want. Um, it was a fun little game. Um, you know, I do in general like the Sashi and Sashi games. Um, you know, I've talked about Coffee Roaster multiple times on this. I still wish that I had that Coffee Roaster with the Sashi and Sashi art uh, on it. But maybe someday, maybe someday I'll grab that. Uh, cute game, lost horribly, uh, but it was fun. Nice little icebreaker, you know, something that uh, you can you can go and chat as you're playing it. And then I got a, a review copy of Mango Cabana. Um, this was a very, very interesting game, uh, that we wound up playing later and Chris wasn't sure. He's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's super light. I don't know if you're going to want it, but I'll give it to you anyways and see what you think. And this one was surprisingly good. Um, I, I do want to do a full review on it. I think the more that I think about it, the, the more that I do want to play it a little bit more and do a full review because I think it deserves it. Um, it is a lighter game, and and he's not wrong. Um, this is a game where you're basically trying to fill up a nightclub uh, with different fruits, um, and the fruits kind of have this 90s CGI vibe, like the old bad commercials uh, that have like the bad CGI characters on them, but this isn't quite that like the characters do look better. Um, and, and I will say like, it, it just worked. I, I don't know why the artwork just worked. It's like sultry, uh, fruit that, that you're trying to place in, into your nightclub. Uh, you can place two per day. I think there's like Thursday through Sunday, something like that. Um, and you can only play, uh, two of the characters, one in, in uh, the early evening, one in the late evening, and each one has different bonus point conditions on it and then points based on where you put it. Um, so you you basically are trying to maximize your points. Um, so, I mean, it was simple, but it had enough strategy that we were um, very intrigued. Um you know, and, and really, really happy to play it. Um, you know, it, I think everybody there thought the exact same thing, that um, it was surprisingly more strategy than we, we thought that there was going to be, um, you know, based on what was out there and um, a little bit of a uh, little bit of hate drafting, actually, uh, as well. So, yeah, uh, don't want to get too deep into it, but um, really fun game. Uh, if you want to take a look at it, if you like those lighter card games, this is going to be one that you're probably going to want to check out. And that's all I'm going to say about it for now until the, the full review of it. Uh, so I did, uh, after that, like I said, uh, go get my nails done, uh, walked over after that, and we got ramen. Uh, and we met up with uh, Jillian, uh, me and Pomelo on uh, Twitter. Um, never had met her in person. Uh, very glad, uh, to have met her, uh, really, 
really sweet and um you know got to hang out with maddie as well our good friend uh maddie um and then jamie rachel and olivia uh who i did room with uh this year and um you know couldn't ask for better roommates um you know i think we've worked our kind of timing issues out um and again, normally um, this would be with Jamie, uh, but Jamie and Rachel decided with timing and everything that they uh, want to drive down themselves and then drive back. Um, so we don't have that kind of just stream of consciousness, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, wrap up like we uh, did last year. But um, anyways, that was pretty much the night. That was pretty much our Wednesday, and Thursday I had a lot of meetings, um, so many meetings. Uh, not going to go into them all, um, but in addition to those meetings, I did have a fantastic interview with uh, Dave Beck of Paverson Games. Uh, he is a, the designer of Distilled. Um, fortunately, he bared with me while I had technical difficulties. Uh, first, the uh, the device I had didn't want to record. And then after that, um, you know, I hit record and that stopped midway through. And then finally we did get the interview in, um, you know, once I kind of fixed everything up. So I don't know if it's because I haven't used it in a while. Maybe I need to, to use my, uh, you know, zoom recorder a little bit more. Um, so that it doesn't do stuff like that, but um, you know, uh, again, Dave, if you're listening to this, thank you for bearing with me while I have my technical difficulties, but, uh, really fun chat. Uh, we had that on the convention floor and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. There was a little area that was set up for us as media. Uh, unfortunately we didn't find anything out, uh, from a media perspective until Friday, uh, before. So, um, I was, I was very glad that, the interviews I did have, I was able to schedule those rooms and those spaces for, um, you know, again, very grateful that those were there. Um, but, uh, you know, not, I, I probably would have scheduled a few more interviews if I had known that that space was going to be uh, available to us. And I'm hoping that it's available to us next year. I also finally got to meet Helena uh, from KTBG. Uh, and it's always always fun chatting with the crew over there. They have such a nice crew over there between Helena, Sean, uh, finally got to chat with, or not finally, I uh, got to chat with Roberta Taylor again, uh, which was a huge surprise. I had no idea Roberta was going to be there and, and what a, what a pleasant surprise it was to see her over there. Um, absolutely love chatting with her. She is the sweetest and, and really, um, you know, just enjoying what she's putting out into the world. Um, you know, it, it's she's got a couple more things that are potentially on the way uh, that I can't uh, necessarily talk about and that she couldn't necessarily talk about. But um, I think a little bit later on this year, we might uh, we might talk to her again. So that is super exciting. And uh, Roberta really really hope, uh, you know, we can reconnect, uh, later this year 
once things uh, kind of settle down from Gen Con. Um, I will not be going this year, but I know just about uh, just about everybody from the crew there will be. A um, couple new games from them that they have coming up again, Dice Veggies, which I will be talking about a little bit later on. And then uh, Wasabi is coming up as well um, and looks really good. Um, looks like that's going to be another hit for them. Um, so, yeah, yeah, good times with them. I had a lovely sit down with Carla Kopp, uh, you know, the the head of Weird Giraffe and it was going so well that half an hour into our chat she actually got to the point where she asked you know do you want to talk about games at some point um but having that chat with her and having uh you know kind of her perspective as a developer as a designer um you know as as somebody in that creative space uh within board games just kind of gave me a little bit of an insight as to why she does the things that she does and why her games have some of the the fun things that they have in them. And I I will definitely say that it was so incredibly nice and insightful talking with her and um, just looking forward to chatting with her. You know, it's, it's always fun hanging out with her and uh, wish that I would be able to to play a little bit more with her um you know and and sit down and play some games but uh you know things are busy at a convention and you have things to do and you know we've all got schedules that kind of every once in a while hit that point that they overlap and that's when the magic happens and you can actually get something in uh their catalog coming up is also very exciting you know weird giraffe just hits with me uh, in a special way, it, it's just one of those things that uh, their games drive with me, and I just really enjoy them. So um, excited to see what they have coming up. Uh, and then while we were talking, Jeremy Davis, uh, who designed Bag of Spiders along with Carla, uh, came up, and you want to talk about the catchiest theme song of all time. We were singing this theme song the entire weekend. And as soon as it got out of our heads, like somebody else would would go in and bring it up. And uh, yeah, if you want to go and hear what I'm talking about, you can go look up Bag of uh, Spiders Kickstarter and click on the video and you too can have that theme song in your head infinitely. So we... Also played a couple of games that night. Uh, we played Gap. Um, that was one that was by Arcane Wonders. I talked about it a little bit on the top of the show. Um, really fascinating little card game uh, that I'm getting to enjoy more and more of those, those small box card games. Uh, this one was basically about trying to get a suit or multiple suits that were equal uh, to a very high amount of cards, and then one suit that you had one or a very few amount of cards. Um, it's hard to describe. Uh, you know, if I, if I do wind up doing a full review of it, I will go into a little bit more depth and a little bit more preparation on, on how exactly it works, but... Uh, we played that a couple of times during the weekend, and uh, Jillian brought that really super game. Uh, went over 
they were unfortunately out at the time, but uh, Arcane Wonders was nice enough to do a deal where they would ship the game directly to you for free if you bought it at the convention price. And I thought, you know, for 15 bucks for a card game, uh, that wasn't bad. I should have it within a couple of weeks. So, and the great thing is it's not going to hit the shelf of shame because I've already played it. So that was Gap, and we did play Inside Job. This is another one that I do want to have a full review of, but let me tell you, I knew that I wanted this game, and I told Court Sackmar from uh, Cosmos, look, I, I want this game. The way that she described it was, was perfect. You know, the crew with social deduction hidden roles, and... It's just a magic combination. It just hits so well. Um, you know, it, it does have that like stand up moment where uh, you find out who the traitor is and, you know, you have that vote at the end. Uh, really good trick taking mechanics. Uh, those those kind of quests that you would expect from the crew where they're cooperative, but that little twist just takes it up to that next level. And, um, I would definitely start with a crew if you are teaching somebody how to trick take, um, just because you can kind of set them through, set them through the process. Uh, you could even go back to fork, like I talked about, teach people trick taking through fork, and then set them up through more of the strategy, like uh, with a crew, and then bring them into a game like Inside Job. Um, and then finally, um, Spots was a game that I played uh, quite a bit of on BGA. I was actually in a tournament uh, through the Tabletop Express, and uh, I actually got to play physically. I did win this one, um, and very happy to do that. I had a couple of very nice dice rolls, uh, a couple of good decisions early on. Um, you know, were were able to win me the game, uh, so that was awesome. And then finally, uh, we had beers with Tim Vernig, Matt Hawker, Dylan, uh, Jamie and Rachel at uh, a bar called Hoofhearted, um, H-O-O-F-H-E-A-R-T-E-D, if you listened to last year's uh, podcast. It wasn't Patrick Swayze night again, which I was sad, but... Uh, you know, we did get some wings. The wings were pretty good. Um, it was 69-cent wing night, so you you kind of have to get the wings at that point. Uh, pretty good. Not bad. Um, you know, I've, I've had better, but then again, I'm from Buffalo, so uh, I have pretty high standards. Uh, it was a rainy and dreary day. I would at some point like to get into that pool. It does look like super refreshing and uh, a nice place to have a beer as well. Um, but it's it's always great to have beers with Tim. Uh, Tim did bring a shirt from uh, Giant Jones Brewing uh, that's out by him uh, as well. So, you know, Tim's, Tim's a sweetheart and um, always love... Always love talking with him. Uh, we have some great conversations. Uh, this one got a little deep. Um, I will admit, um, you know, there were some topics that came up that were a little bit deep. And, um, you know, we're, we're always looking to educate. And, and Tim was definitely listening. Um, you know, so we, we tried to kind of 
bring things back a little bit. Uh, it was supposed to be a really positive weekend, uh, but there are some negative things that are going on, especially in our state right now. So, um, you know, Tim, thank you for listening, um, you know, and, and being an ally to us and, and, you know, trying to understand what we're going through. So, uh, so that was that. That was Thursday. So let's get into Friday where I'm in even more meetings. Um, I did get to sit down to Elder Scrolls with Chip Theory. So that was super exciting. Uh, that was about two and a half hours on the show floor. Um, this is a huge amount of content. Uh, this is a game that if you've played too many bones, you're going to see a lot of the mechanics in there. A lot of the things are already going to be familiar to you. Um, maybe in a more dungeon crawly sense, um, you know, you're not going to have that square grid. Um, you will have a little bit more of that dungeon crawl feel, but, uh, not terrible by any means. Um, but again, just the amount of content with the different guilds that are coming up and the different towns and uh, the different side quest cards and everything, just so many combinations. You would never play the same game twice, or if you did, it would be probably fairly different based on those those different side quest cards that did come up. Um there, there was one that had not come up apparently yet, and we got to test, and it was very fun. Um, so, no spoilers, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, we had some fun with it. Very difficult. Um, I'm still kind of processing this. I've been processing it for the past couple of days. Um, normally, I'm, I am very much into chip theories products, uh, as you know. Um, but at the same time, uh, you have to have the time and money to invest into this one. And if you do invest, it's going to be an amazing value. Um, but you to really get your money's worth out of it. Um, you're going to have to have a significant amount of time, uh, to get into this. This isn't going to be one that you just plop out on the table and go, uh, this is going to be one that you either leave, um, you know, kind of set up and, and you do some stuff or, um, you know, you, you're going to be sitting down for three hours pretty much. Um, but again, just so much content. Um, and uh, I do think it'll be worth it if you have the time to invest. So I also got to chat with Lauren Yu and uh, Tony from Reversal. They do have some amazing things coming up with them uh, that I cannot discuss. Um, but in other news, they do have uh, an upcoming expansion to Tome, which I'm very excited for. Uh, we will be talking to Lauren in the near future. Uh, she was on one of the early episodes. I'm really excited to sit down with her and chat some more games. Uh, you know, and find out what's been going on with her uh, ever since uh, that episode came out. Um, and then, you know, more Tome is obviously very good. I'm a big fan of that game. Uh, you know, another trick taker that that I really, really enjoy. And um, looking forward to, to seeing that uh, will be coming up on Kickstarter soon, I believe. Uh, I believe that's a July Kickstarter. So, 
Um, make sure you look out for that. If you are a Tome fan, uh, it will be coming up. Uh, also, I ran into uh, James and Reed at the Tin Robot booth. I was so excited to meet them in person. I've had you know James on before, and James has had me on his podcast uh, too. So um, you know, and and Reed also the first time that I'm meeting him. Uh, very excited to meet them in person. Uh, you know, just have that chat with them, sit down, you know, have a conversation between meetings. Uh, that was awesome. It was kind of a surprise. Wasn't expecting either of them and uh, got both of them. So it was so cool to have them both in one place. Uh, so hi to those guys. Um, and then we had, uh, you know, we we kind of had a, a few plans that we were looking at. Uh, you know, Chris Goodlett had his uh, big dinner that night uh, that we were originally going to attend, and then, um, you know, we were also invited to another party, um, but uh, we found out that it was Olivia's birthday, so we kind of dropped everything and did that, because that was super important. Um, so we went down to the hotel bar, we played a few games, uh, including more Gap, and also Night of the Ninja. This was one uh, by Brotherwise that I kind of slept on, um, you know, just because I was a little bit burnt out on social deduction at the time. Um, it, my experiences with it had been like the Resistance and Secret Hitler and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. Um, this was fascinating. This was really, really interesting. Uh, you had uh, two different teams. You had uh, each, how to best describe this, uh, each person on that team had a ranking. And the person that, or the team that won was the team that had the highest ranked person still left in the game. And you had your standard, I can look at your card. Uh, then you had, you know, your player elimination, that kind of thing. But the rounds were super quick. And at, at least they were supposed to be. Um, they weren't necessarily super quick for us because we were sitting and socializing and chatting. Um, but this is one of those games where you're on one team, you play around, uh, the winners get points. And then you reset, you do another round and another round until somebody gets uh, to 10 points. Um, so it's super fun. Um, this might be one that I actually pick up as well. Uh, just wasn't at the convention, so it wasn't even, you know, something that I could pick up, uh, but will be something that I think about uh, picking up. So finally, to round out the night, and this was probably my highlight of everything that went down. Uh, Game of Blood on the Clock Tower. And this was magical. Uh, Roberto Lopez had kind of contacted me and, and said, hey, you know, I've got Clock Tower. We haven't played any games with each other since we met, which was very true. We had played some BGA games. Yeah, Roberto had... Uh, 
had gone and and said, you know, I'd really like to sit down and play something. I do have uh, Blood on the Clock Tower with me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm interested. Uh, so we chatted back and forth, and there was some interest. Uh, and when we said that that was happening, there was even more interest in our group. Um, so let me set the stage for you. Um, you know, Jamie, Olivia, um, Maddie, and uh, Court Sackmar. We, we were all just hanging out, and we were like, hey, you know, let's let's go do this. Let's go play Blood on the Clock Tower with Roberto. And we figured, you know, he's he's got people. Um, yeah, he had people. Uh, so Grant Lyon, uh, Chris Goodlett, Nelson from Nelson All Over, Roberto Lopez, uh, Ascadalia Hattress, also our friend Ellie, who we played Twilight Imperium with, uh, one of Jamie's good friends and a good friend of mine also was there and had a fantastic uh, performance there as well. Um, just a wild time. So you had all of these people and a lot of us are involved either in the, in the industry or in the content creation space. Um, and then to top it off, the game was run by Carly Reinhardt of Gnarly Carly Games, uh, who let me tell you, did a outstanding job at running this game. Um, she is a natural at it. Uh, I understand that she runs multiple games. Um, so she's had practice, but, you know, the flow of everything, how everything was explained, uh, the ability to go to her and say, hey, you know, what about this? What about that? Um, really good really really good and this game got wild um you know it was something that we were all talking about the rest of the weekend uh probably will be talking about for quite a while and uh to to talk about my role um if you're not familiar with blood on the clock tower it is a social deduction game uh it is a large Normally, uh, I think you have to have at least five or six players, and to to really do it right, you need more. Um, I guess the ideal uh, size for a group is about twelve people, uh, and that's about what we had. So we were we were in that ideal position, and this was just like lightning striking. Um, and so I was on the evil team. Uh, my role was the Scarlet Woman. And my ability as a Scarlet Woman, uh, there's a main demon who um, is trying to kill the villagers at night. The villagers are trying to assess who the demon is and kill them uh, during the day. So basically discussion, what's going on. Uh, we're going to vote for somebody to, um, you know, put up for execution and, um, you know, kind of very werewolf-esque, um, you know, if you've ever played that, but with uh, very, very interesting roles uh, that kind of break the game a little bit. Um, so my role as Scarlet Woman was if the um, imp or the, the main uh, demon character got killed, that power was transferred to me. Um, so Nelson was the main demon and, um, you know, went through and 
the three roles and as a demon, uh, you basically get the three roles that aren't taken. So you automatically have an idea. You don't have to guess. You don't have to, to figure out like what hasn't been taken. Um, you already know what hasn't been taken. So you can slide into a role very easily and say, you know, come up with a story that, yes, I am this role. Um, and there is a role that is protected from the demon at night called the soldier. And that's exactly the one that I took, um, you know, because I basically wanted to have the out that I cannot be killed by the demon at night. Um, it is something that you don't have a uh, power that you have to try to fake uh, all that much. So it was a little bit easier for me as a newer player uh, to kind of play with that. And um, this was this was really something. Um, Ellie was the monk, and Ellie went and protected Jamie one round. Nelson tried to kill Jamie at night. And basically, it registered as there was nobody killed. The demon can also abstain from killing somebody if they want to, to make it look like somebody had been protected, um, if you want to play that 4D chess. Um, but anyways, it, it's it's a long story. Um, but essentially, I was able to use that to make it look like I was a soldier, I had already told people that I was a soldier, and now I could use this to basically get people to believe me that, oh yeah, the demon tried to kill me, and there is a good chance that that happened, um, that went after me, didn't work, and now I can go and I can be protected, and my story was clear and covered. And um, so... Um, unfortunately, poor Olivia had to bear the brunt of most of that because I pretty much gained her trust and abused it, unfortunately. Um, and and it, it's a space that you leave it there. That's the only time that you do it. That's the only time that it's even appropriate to do that. Um, and yeah, it, it just, it worked out. Um, we didn't win uh, by the time that um, Nelson was executed, the blame pretty much went off to me because people had figured out, okay, there's, there's a couple of outsiders and, you know, they had, they had figured out what, which ones had, had been there. And then Ellie was able to go and say, Hey, you know, I protected Jamie. So, um, after I had revealed that, you know, quote unquote, I was a soldier, um, so it was a lot of rambling, but essentially, um, our team lost, uh, but it was a great time. Uh, Grant was the poisoner, uh, who was able to go and make people get the wrong information during the day, which is very interesting. Um, you know, so that's one of the things that also happens is your information may not even be correct, uh, which just adds another layer onto this game. It is so wild. Um, I, I love this game. It, it's something that I don't know if I want to play it online again uh, after playing it in person. Uh, I'm hoping that at some point I'm going to be able to run 
a game on my own. Uh, it may take a little bit of practice. I may do a smaller game uh, with a more closed set of people uh, before I try my foray into something like that where I have a large group, um, you know, and, and run it that way. So really, it, it's one of the little moments that you can't plan for. And uh, this was one of the convention. Um, you know, much like our three-hour game of cartographers <laughs> last year. Uh, this was definitely uh, in that vein, and we got back to our room about, uh, I want to say 2 a.m., roughly. Um, but again, magical time. Really loved it, and uh, really happy that I was there. And, um, you know, just... As kind of an aside, I'm wondering who everybody's, you know, blood on the clock tower dream team would be. Um, you know, this was just about perfect for me. Um, you know, obviously, I'd, I'd invite more people. Uh, there's more people that I'd like. But uh, just about everybody that was in here uh, is somebody that I'd want in another game. And um, this, this was such a magical time. It, it just really, really was. I, I can't say enough good things about it. So I'm going to go on to Saturday because I'm rambling. Um, Saturday was a walk around day. So Saturday was my designated just chill, hang out, not do any meetings, just veg and be a con goer again. This is something that I haven't done in earnest since 2019. And I felt that it was important from the standpoint of knowing what listeners <clears throat> kind of go through, um, you know, as, as regular congoers again. Um, I've been so focused on media since 2019, I've forgotten. Um, and to have that experience again was really, really cool. Just going to the booths and interacting with people and, you know, stopping for demos and, and stuff like that was, was just so cool, uh, to finally see that again and to see things through that light. Um, I did get to go to the flea market. I had my games to sell. I had my couple games to pick up. Um, I saw Ryan Clements at least twice, if not more, in passing. We said hi to each other, and um, you know he's dragging a huge ass cart of games uh, as he does. Um, and I guess he got rid of twice the amount they took in. So good job, Ryan. Um, Allie brought pastries down, so she came down on Saturday. She brought pastries from Bell's Bread. And uh, the, the almond croissants, we, we took one down to, to Andrew Chesney, who I'll talk about in a minute. Um, just so good. <laughs> and, and something that I've been thinking about for like the past six months, uh, having this almond croissant. So um, I did get to say hi to a bunch of people that I didn't get to say hi to before, just walking around, seeing things. Um, you know, and, and again, too numerous to list. Um, but, you know, seeing people at their booths and everything and, and saying hi. Uh, walked around Umpub with, uh, you know, Andrew Chesney. 
always lovely seeing him. We we love to see Andrew. You know, it's a highlight of, of my convention seeing Chez and uh, getting to walk around on pub and having a conversation and, you know, just sharing some time. Doesn't matter how much it is. Like it's it's always a good time to to sit and and chat and uh, hang out a little bit with them. So catch up. And then I got to play beer and bread with Olivia. Um, this game is so good. That's <laughs> uh, you know I, I'm gonna do a full review of it, but it it's just so incredibly good. Um, it does a lot of things right. Um, the dual use cards, and it's not even dual use; it's like triple use. You have ingredients that you can get off of it. You have a recipe that's there. You have a power that's on it. Um, so, however you want to use it, and I guess you could just call it multi-purpose cards instead of dual use. Um, I'm just so used to it being dual use uh, that I call it that. Just a smart, clever little two-player game. Um, and the little things that you have to do, like you have to put in an upgrade to clear out what you've produced. Otherwise, you can't produce stuff. Um, you have to, you have a certain amount of space before you uh, basically run out with your ingredients. You can only store so much. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, the way that you get ingredients where you get ingredients and then if you match a card that you've played before and the ingredients that that gave you, you get more of those. Uh, so you get like all the all the ones of that type that you've played before. Um, it's it's nothing super new, but it combines everything so well. And and this is something that I really like. And I'm not opposed to you know something not necessarily having new mechanics, but presenting them in a way and combining them that is so incredibly good. Um, I really love this. This was like an insta buy for me. Uh, this and Olivia went over and, and bought it too. Uh, we just kind of looked at each other and said, "Yeah, this this is happening. We're getting up and we're buying this." Uh, so we had a, a four round demo, and by that time, we had seen enough. We're like, "Yeah, this this is cool." And then sitting next to me uh, was Craig, uh, who came by as we were waiting uh, to. Uh, see everything and uh, you know he he said are you are you trying uh, beer and bread he said yeah so he got in uh, directly next to us after the other table vacated and he got to try it um, you know and and this game isn't going to be for everybody if you don't get a lot of uh, you know two-player games out uh, this one's not going to be for you this is a two-player heads up you know and that's it um, I did hear a lot of people saying that it's Agricola-like, and other than the theme, no, it's not. It's not even close. Uh, you know, maybe the limited storage. I, I don't know why people are thinking Agricola on this, but it's it's really its own animal uh, and something that I really recommend checking out uh, if you like those two-player games. Um, beer and bread is wonderful. Also, also, in addition, the scoring 
you have to take the lowest of what you've produced in beer and what you've produced in bread. So you have to have that balance. Just a lot of fun things that it does super, super, super well. So please, um, you know, if you uh, do enjoy games like that, please do uh, check that out. Um, also saw Ricky Wagner, who I haven't seen uh, since Gen Con of last year doing the uh, Trans 101 panel. Um, got to to talk with Ricky for a little bit and, um, you know, see that she was doing very, very well, which, which made me happy. So it was good seeing her. And then finally, uh, Saturday night came around. We were sad because it was the last night before we all had to go home, or at least I had to go home. Uh, did get more inside job played, got diced veggies to the table. Uh, it was one that when I had the break of, Hey, what do we play next? And we only have four people at the table. That was one that it was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's play this. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers out. Um, but I do think that this is an incredibly clever game. Um, and yes, there were adults that helped develop it. Yes, there were, um, but designed by nine-year-olds. So super impressive, um, for that concept to be, to be come up with, with by nine-year-olds, um, you know, part of, uh, the Capel family. So, uh, just, I, I'm going to talk about this before Gen Con, but if I don't stop myself now, I'm going to rant and rave about this. So um, I'm not going to. Uh, and then finally, we we played Monstrosity, uh, you know, as a big group. We played a few rounds of it and then decided, you know what, it's time for bed. We're all super tired. We still are super tired uh, as I approach an hour into this podcast. So um so let's get to Sunday, last day, uh, packing stuff up in the car. Um, you know, sad feelings happening. Uh, you know, getting getting everything in the car, checking out the hotel room, uh, and then rushing over to my interview with Nathan Thornton. Uh, something that's long overdue. We've been talking about this since... Uh, Gen Con of last year when we met, um, you know, I had played uh, Green Team Wins at PAX the previous year and heard about them through that. And then that old wallpaper came up, you know, we had been interacting on Twitter um, and I liked that old wallpaper. Um, I'm a fan of Green Team. Uh, you know, I got to play Medium. So I, I like a lot of his stuff. Uh, and he is a local, uh, you know, within the state. Um, you know, so definitely check that interview out. Uh, a lot of fun talking with Nathan. And, um, you know, a, a lot of little silly questions uh, that I asked as well. And little Easter eggs that you'll you'll hear in that. Uh, final walk around. So basically, I took the rest of the time. Uh, Justin Peters came down, and uh, he was working on pitching and playtesting all weekend with his game, uh, his games, I should say, rather plural. And he was in the umpub room most of the time. Did want to introduce him to a couple of people that I had talked about repeatedly over and over again that he hadn't really gotten to meet. Um, 
so I, I did want to make that connection uh, for him. And uh, I, I do want to give a shout out here uh, to Jennifer and Scott, uh, who are a couple of listeners of the show. Um, it, you know, and and also a uh, shout out to, uh, you know, their daughter Dove, who wasn't there uh, with them. Uh, Jennifer got a hold of me over um, Instagram, I believe it was, and just said, hey, you know, we listen to the show, we want to meet up with you, and uh, we did catch up uh, and had a great conversation, um, you know, uh, really loved talking with both of them, um, you know, and, and Allie and uh, Justin were kind of hanging out while um, I did. Uh, Scott created this like super fantastic book um, that I got a copy of. Um, I'm going to read through called Landscapes for Writers and Game Masters, Building Authentic Natural Terrain into Imagined Worlds. So uh, it's basically providing this detailed analysis of terrain, building a a better RPG world. Uh, So if you really want to know the scientific things and and some things that you can incorporate into your world to make them more realistic, making them more authentic uh, as your as your player characters kind of traverse that that landscape. Um, I thought that's such a cool idea. Uh, You know, I'm a big science nerd um, and I'm going to be reading this, even though I don't usually hit the tabletop RPG space a lot. Uh, I do find this fascinating. I think that, uh, you know, it's a really, really cool concept. Um, looking forward to reading, reading through that. That is available online, uh, for those who, uh, who want to, uh, check it out and take a look. But, um, again, you know, Jennifer and Scott, thank you so much for, for stopping, and taking the time to chat, it means a lot to me. Uh, you know, podcasting is one of those mediums that you don't necessarily get a huge amount of direct feedback instantly from people. You do hear it, uh, you know, through the grapevine. You hear it through different social channels and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, having that positive reinforcement of, yes, people are listening to this and people do like it. Um you know, multiple times over the weekend, uh, including from you, uh, did make my show and, uh, really good to talk to you. So, um, just want to say hi to them. Uh, I also, what was funny was I was asking them what they had seen at the con, what was looking good. And they said, you need to check out dubious. Um, you know, it's like a, a little social deduction game, uh, with storytelling in it. And I stopped by the Tabletop Gamers booth and signed up again for their mailing list. I had already signed up, but they said, yeah, it's it's fine. Just sign up again. Um, you know, and we've got this drawing that you can enter. And I want a copy of Dubious. <laughs> so I was, I was looking at it and I was going to try to do a demo, uh, but I didn't need to because I just got a copy uh, from them. So um, always make sure to sign up for uh, the Tabletop Gamers um, you know, mailing list, whether you're an ally, whether you're in the community. Uh, they do such fantastic work um, and, and really... I'm so happy that they're there. I'm so happy that they have space, uh, you know, to really help out and and to bring 
uh, a little bit more uh, awareness to the community. Um, you know, we're it's it's kind of intersectional for me at this point between the gaming community and the uh, the gaming community, if you will. Uh, you know, where where you uh, where you have those multiple identities and uh, where they intersect is where tabletop gamers uh, really really stands. Um, so make sure to check out their booth if you're at an upcoming con. Uh, they do go to a lot of the major cons. So, um, you know, Gen Con, Origins, uh, PAX are usually at, uh, things like that. So make sure to uh, check them out. And then uh, I bought a few things that just popped out at me. A couple of the small box games, uh, like I talked about from All Play, uh, I did pick those up. And then it was time for me to say my goodbyes and uh, run through the convention center and try to catch everybody. And, uh, you know, basically caught court on the way out. And then we walked out and, and talked to a couple people on the way. So uh, then I uh, basically took uh, Rachel over the car. Uh, they had loaded some stuff in my car, uh, emptied that out, and I was on my way home. Um it was uh, about a two-hour and 15-minute drive uh, for me back up to Cleveland, and I walked in. I didn't even walk in. Um, somebody was standing at the door waiting for me, and um, yeah, Charlie was so incredibly happy to see me. He uh, ran around the yard. Uh, you know, his tail was wagging. I sat down, he curled right up with me. You know, he was just so happy. He wanted pets and, uh, yeah, he missed me. It was good. It was good to see they miss me because every once in a while you start to think, you know, he likes his mama Allie a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, I think a little bit of time without me and he, uh, he doesn't like that. So, Got home and uh, that was pretty much it. I was I was so tired after that. I still am. Uh, this was still a little bit of that stream of consciousness. Uh, you're not getting me at a hundred percent. So if if you really like those streams, that's exactly what you're getting from me because I'm still still incredibly tired. <laughs> it's going to take me a few days to recover, but um. So kind of want to go on to my final thoughts. You know, I miss my friends already, like I said at the top of the show. Um, you know, this really invigorated my passion again. Uh, so happy to be back at the convention scene. You know, it's it's really another world um, where, you know, it, you have your day job, you, you do your stuff, and it's not that they don't value you, but uh, you step into a space where people say, hey... Thank you for what you do. Um, you know, we're we're happy that you're in the space, and um, you know it means a lot. So, uh, kind of reinvigorates the passion to to do this, and uh, you know to produce content, to produce more content, uh, and to improve. So, uh, you know, just more of everybody at conventions uh there were there was more representation from all the communities i saw there uh but especially you know happy to see that again it's it's a growing space for uh queer people for trans people uh for the lgbtq community um uh, people who aren't afraid to be who they are 
And all I can say is, you know, without revealing personal conversation details I had over the weekend with multiple people, representation 100% matters. Um, You know, it's something that we need more of, um, you know, but I am super happy to provide. I'm super happy to be in the space and I'm super happy to provide that representation. So uh, I'm so happy to be part of an industry that affirms, welcomes, and accepts for the most part. You know, there's there's challenges. Uh, there's always challenges. You know, people will say stuff, but within the space itself, I think it's really good. Um, I think we do a really good job of making sure that uh, if we hear something, we say something. Um you know, one of the conversations I was having with Maddie was, um, you know, we were out and we were out getting ice cream and walking back. It was a Saturday night and the area around Short North gets a little bit crazy, uh, you know, over the weekend. Um, it gets a lot of rowdy, rambunctious, uh, sometimes drunk people uh, and can feel uncomfortable. Uh, in general, Columbus has been very good to me. Um, but, you know, one of the things they said was, you know, really going back into that tabletop space was much more comfortable. And they felt better, you know, going back and being out of that short north space and being back in that community and being back um, where they felt safe. So, you know, I, I think there's something to be said there, um, you know, and and kind of realize uh, that, that that space is there and we, we do a good job in general of curating that. So I would like to see that continue. Um, because we all, we all know that the outside world isn't necessarily the greatest sometimes. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, an hour and 15 minutes later. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it all the way through, uh, it's much appreciated. Next steps, Americon. Uh, my home convention is this weekend. So hopefully, uh, I get some of these darn things played. Uh, I have a lot of review copies that I am looking forward to getting played so that I can actually talk about them in a timely manner. Um, you know, some of them were very open, you know, just, hey, get me the content when you can. Uh, but some of them were, we'd like this before Gen Con. We'd like this, you know, in, in a pretty timely manner. So, um We'll be providing coverage for that um, and giving you my thoughts uh, as well as some stuff that I just want to play in general because it's my convention and I can do that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to that, Uh, looking forward to spending even more time with friends because at the end of the day, that's why we do this. That's why we're here. So... I will not be attending Gen Con. Um, you know, I know that I've said that before, but I, I will not be. I had to make the choice 
uh, between Origins and Gen Con. Uh, that was the choice I made uh, just because it was the easier convention to handle. It was the uh, less stress. Uh, Gen Con is literally work con. Uh, it was funny. I was talking to T and I said, you know, I'm kind of jealous that you're going to Gen Con. And I'm kind of sad about it. And T said, don't be sad about it and don't be jealous um, <laughs> because I'm going to have to work. And they're right. Uh, it's a lot. It is a lot of work. Uh, it is constant work. And you basically... Uh, are lucky if you can go get something to eat and maybe get a game in. And that's about it. That's about all the time that you have. Uh, so, yeah, Origins was my nice foray into, uh, you know, back into the convention scene again uh, after what was a long recovery and, you know, still continues to be a little bit of a recovery, but... Uh, Definitely getting there. Um, by Sunday, I was tired, but felt great. And, uh, you know, really left home uh, with my heart filled. And uh, I will be PAX. Uh, a couple other conventions I'm looking at, uh, mostly around the area. Uh, one might not be, but I haven't finalized details with that yet, and I'm kind of on a conflict about which which one to go to. Uh, there's one in the area, there's one that's not in the area that uh, is very appealing uh, to me, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I've been rambling long enough. I'm going to close the show out. Uh, but uh, again, thank you for listening. And um, yeah, yeah. If you want to know more and uh, you're a first time listener, you can go to our website, cardboardtime.com. And our Instagram and Twitter is at cardboard underscore time. Any questions, suggestions, or ideas for discussion topics, please email cardboardtime at gmail.com. And as always, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you around the table for another episode, which will inherently be more coherent of Cardboard Time. <laughs> <laughs>